Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're under 21, you should listen to this. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in as always. Uh, I appreciate the support. Usually I create the title of the show after the show is completed. You know, and let it be its own standalone thing in relation to the topics covered. But on this show, it's a little bit different, scratching my beard. It's a little bit different. Um, the title of today's show is, I Still Don't Believe in Tyson Fury. Because I don't. Um, I know the world is ready to anoint him. But I kind of, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure if what I saw was real. Now, don't get me wrong. Just to go over the fight and not get too off track. I don't really have much for this. This is off the top of the head. But don't get me wrong. Fury was bravely pressing Wilder from the very start of that fight. And for those of you who don't follow boxing, today's show is going to be a recap of the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, um, rematch fight so but anyway from the beginning of that fight Fury was extremely bravely pressing Wilder he was stalking him he was pounding him he was clearly more confident and more sure that he would not be affected by anything that hit him which to me is the story of this fight and can possibly be explained by the history of his culture and people Travelers have been persecuted for thousands of years. They're the most hated race of people on earth. What do I mean? Well, gypsies don't live by rules. They defy the rules by choice. By choice. They don't travel due to persecution. They travel by choice. Okay? They travel by choice. It's so important to understand that. 
But it's even more important to understand that they defy the rules by choice in order to live their own way, do their own thing. I mean, here in America, the easiest comparison to that culture or that way of thinking would be to compare it to a more ultra-Orthodox alt-right movement on steroids. That's the disposition. They are a bit of an extremist group who prefer living in trailer parks to conforming, to accepting others, to accepting equality and social justice and so on. I mean, their environments are completely homogenous. They are a completely homogenous set. By choice, they're not refugees. They're travelers. There's a difference between refugees and travelers. Okay? After being on the canvas for 12 seconds in the first fight due to a punch and using about an additional 25 seconds to recover, you don't walk into a rematch that brave unless you reinforce the belief of invincibility in some other way. So in my mind, the outlaw mentality way of the gypsy prevailed over the laws that govern boxing, which I'll get into later in the show. But just from a technical boxing standpoint, just to attempt to somehow give you guys a play-by-play on an otherwise one-sided fight, Fury flawlessly executed the Kronk style. One, two, down the middle, moving forward, the entire fight. Fury said it was going to be an inside fight, which it could have become had Wilder not been backing up the entire time. It wasn't much of a fight at all, to be honest with you. It really wasn't. From very early in the first round, Wilder looked finished. Tyson Fury was just much, much bigger. And Wilder, despite his size, was a smaller guy. He was a smaller man on that night. And it was just clear he was never going to out-jab Tyson Fury just because of the size and the reach. The results of this fight, in my opinion, had more to do with size than anything else. Superior skill or technique didn't come into play at all. From the opening bell until the seventh round stoppage, size was the predominant riddle for Wilder in his corner to solve. Had a mount a consistent attack in the face of that really long jab, which was followed by that classic cronk right hand. It's something that they never figured out. And this time around, all of those shots were exponentially harder and more powerful, which is just a pure fact. You know, I noticed in the first fight that the size bothered Wilder, but the power didn't affect him at all. So he continuously walked through big shot after big shot in that first fight against Tyson Fury. 
But in this fight... I knocked out a knockout king, and I can't punch. Can't crack an egg, can I? Two feather dusters, these are. Terrible. Which no one expected. No one expected that. Wilder, in my opinion, didn't look good from the beginning and was just missing something. And if you watch the first minute of both fights side by side, you'll clearly notice that there was just something missing after those first couple of punches. Now, I'm sure it was it was just a result of the otherworldly greatness of Tyson Fury. I get it. I'm not even arguing with you guys. But it was noticeable. And being a diehard boxing fan for at least 30 years, it's my job to question the anomalies. I said what I said. I don't hold my tongue for nobody. I don't, it don't matter. I don't give a fuck. You wrong, you wrong. I'm going to say something about it. I don't give a fuck. That shit ain't right there, bro. No one is above a thorough investigation. Nobody. Not Roy Jones Jr., not Manny Pacquiao, not Vladimir Klitschko, not James Tony. No one. You wrong, you wrong. No matter if I'm a fan of that person or not. I've never reached a level of fandom that would allow me to accept whatever I see because it reinforces my belief. I question everything until... There's no more questions to ask. And what's most important for Fury fans to understand, in my opinion, is that it's possible, it's still really possible for Fury to be everything that you think he is and also a cheater. Let me say that again. Fury fans, you guys need to understand this. It's very possible that Fury is everything you think he is. And also a cheater. Roy Jones and Pacquiao fans had to accept that. Fury performance, when you put it with side by side with his career and his history, will always taint this for me. Fury's performance last Saturday night against his history as a fighter, every fight he's fought to this day, will always make me question what I saw. Same as Pacquiao and Roy Jones' legacy. In the case of Pac-Man, I never saw a guy lose prolific power so fast. It's not the one-punch knockout that highlight this fact because some of those are perfectly timed punches and greatness and whatever the case may be. It's the abuse he put on fellow cheetah Antonio Margarito face and eye that seals this whole point for me. That's the clincher in my eyes. He hasn't damaged a guy that bad since. No, no, no failed drug tests. But we still question it. We still question it. And I'm still going to get into failed tests later in the show. But it's important that I raise that point. I'm going to say something about it. I don't give a fuck. That shit ain't right there, bro. In any event, back to the fight. Back to the fight. Let, you know, let's just keep the keep it moving because I don't want to get too stuck on what I think is going to end up being the central theme of this show anyway. And I'm trying to collect my thoughts here because there's just a lot to digest. Like, there's a whole lot to digest here. But anyway... Um, during the fight, I didn't think Wilder looked good from the start. 
In my opinion, he looked like he overtrained a bit, adding the extra weight and the extra upper body body muscle. Um, could have affected his stamina. You know, could have affected how he just felt. He wasn't at his natural best. Um, I think he also wound himself up so much for this fight that he couldn't get as comfortable as he was from the start of the first fight, if you go back and watch that fight. And, I mean, he was out of the fight physically, mentally, spiritually, all of the above from the very beginning. And it was, you know, within the first couple of shots, you know. And and, 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 and I think it might be because he overtrained a little bit. I mean, he was up to 232. He was ultra-focused. And it's a possibility that that type of laser focus might have created some nerves, might have zapped his nerves. Combine that with the tremendous power of Fury. Could have killed his energy early in that fight and was responsible for what we saw. I I really don't think that that's a stretch. I don't think that that's so much of a, a wild accusation that it's unplausible. You know, I, if you looked at the man's body, you looked at the scale, you looked at how laser-focused he looked, you look at how well-detailed that intro was, he had he had perseverated on every detail of this fight to the point where he hadn't fought the fight in his head enough. And he might have overtrained. He might have been overly prepared. I mean, he just looked dead from the start, which... I noticed from the very start, I made a comment about this within the first minute of the fight to the people who were around me and the people I I was texting. You know, maybe he was pacing back and forth in the locker room trying to get his legs going. Who knows? But he was definitely touched with something very early in that fight that affected him. Something that he didn't feel over 12 rounds of the first fight. That's a fact. It's not an accusation. That's a fact. Something that didn't tire him out in the first fight. Because if you recall correctly, he was hit flush with a right hand with 10 seconds left in the opening round. But it didn't gas him out the way he was in that first round after taking a few shots. He took a couple shots in the rematch in the first round and he was gassed out for the remainder of the fight. But the first fight, he took a clean right hand. Somehow he kept going. Whatever he got hit with in the first round of the second fight was unlike anything that he had been hit with by Fury to that point. So you have to question all of the anomalies. What changed? What changed? And how did it change so drastically? After watching the first fight where he was outweighed by nearly 40 pounds in that fight as well, and wasn't hurt bad. I said to someone that the size really bothered Wilder. The size really bothered Wilder, in my opinion, in rounds four through eight. He was hit really hard and cleanly with the same punches, and his jaw didn't look nearly broken. He never looked anywhere close to being as shot as he was in the 
first round last Saturday night. But I'm supposed to ignore that. There's no good reason or excuse to justify that. And I'm supposed to ignore it. Not only am I supposed to ignore it, I'm supposed to throw out 30 years of precedence in boxing to accept the new story because we don't want to ask questions to get to the truth. That's okay. That's okay. I know some people are really fragile and they don't like to be wrong. And it's important that what they believe it's important to them that what they believe is justified and reinforced as opposed to scrutinized and dissected to get to the core of it. So I'm going to back off that point. But here's a completely ridiculous point that I'm going to make. There are weight classes in boxing for a reason. You don't put a flyweight in with a junior middleweight. So size was always going to be a factor that some people didn't want to accept. But it's the heavyweight division for a reason. They relinquished that argument for the bigger paydays. I get it. But when you notice these abnormalities, are you not supposed to raise those questions? The guy was bigger, same weight difference in the first fight. Same weight difference in the first fight. Wilder was even smaller in the first fight. But somehow his punch was bigger. Wilder wasn't outboxed in the rematch versus Tyson Fury. It wasn't a boxing skill clinic. He was clearly outfought in the, in the rematch. He was out roughed up. And based on Fury's resume, who the fuck saw that happening? Realistically. I mean, I, I, people can fucking lie. They can justify it. They can say, well, in, in fight three, we saw him being... No one saw this happen. No one saw this happening. Either Fury is the exception to every rule in boxing, or he's a cheater. Which is not that far-fetched of a stretch, which I'll get into later in the show. But until Saturday night, i never seen an entertaining Tyson Fury fight. Not one. Ever. Until Saturday night, the most interesting thing about him was his Brian Gumbel special. Travelers have been persecuted for thousands of years. They're the most hated race of people on earth. At no point in Fury's career have I ever seen him brutalize someone like that before. Ever. No one has seen it. No one has seen it. You can lie to yourself if you want. No one has seen it. That reel on Tyson Fury doesn't exist. In the first fight, he outlanded Wilder. He outjabbed Wilder. And yet, all I saw was a mouse under Wilder's eye. But this fight, Wilder had what appeared to be a broken jaw. Blood coming out of his ear. And he looked visibly affected by every shot. From the beginning. It didn't take time for this reality to to materialize. This was almost instant. And I'm supposed to just accept it. I'm not supposed to question it. It's not about wilder hate. I love the sport of boxing. I absolutely love the sport of boxing. 
And if you're the superior guy and you're the more talented, more skilled guy, you don't need to turn the locker room camera off before your hands get wrapped. What happens here is you see a member of Team Fury going up to put a towel over a lockdown camera where we can monitor him with, as has often been the case. And instead he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'll just pull the plug. So that is it. You don't need to choke your opponent. You don't need to hit him behind the head or clip him. What makes you better based on the public perception and your fanboys with a mouthful of Irish sausage has nothing to do with any of that. And if you're willing to go that far to win, how much farther are you willing to go? Boxing is the one sport where steroid use should actually be a crime because you're actually hitting another human being in the head with your hands. On Saturday night, those old pillowcases, they were filled up with dynamite and they uh, blasted him. That's right. Those pillows turned into dynamite. Does the history of his failed PED test and previous ban matter if the dirty jippo cheated? Does it matter if, if he cheated? Listen, I don't dislike Fury because he gave me something to hate. I'm actually indifferent about him because he never gave me anything to root for. Up until last week, his career was filled with uninteresting stinkers, bores. He was a joke, a sideshow who masterfully, masterfully used cocaine to hide behind a failed PED test before the Klitschko fight. The same PED that his brother used. He beautifully overplayed the cocaine addiction. So he would get a pass on the PEDs. People spent more time talking about his wild rants in his car or using drugs than the fact that one of the central substances responsible for his ban was performance-enhancing drugs. And now the best American heavyweight prospect in the last 20 years is done. So American... So Americans can essentially root for this clown. My first impression of that whole fight was I would think that um, Tyson Fury was on something. You know, um, I know he was on something when he beat Klitschko, and then you know he, he had to do a two-year uh, ban, and then with all the depression and the cocaine and all that other stuff, I think there was all subterfuge for being caught dirty. And I mean, I just don't see how somebody can just get that strong and start punching that hard that quick. So, I mean, that, that's, that's my impression. I looked into his band real closely over the past week. And on top of the coat, there were steroids in his system before the Klitschko fight. He was rightfully banned and stripped, which, of course, his people don't believe. He was rightfully banned and stripped. Have you ever seen a time when a fighter tested dirty and actually owned it. Man, fighters are always innocent. Why are fighters like the only ones to get a bad taco? The public get E. coli. Boxers get fucking stronger. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. A guy who was able to pass a lie so easily when he knows otherwise scares me. Travelers have been persecuted for thousands of years. They're the most hated race of people on earth. Should always be questioned.
I've never seen improvement like that, which Tyson Fury displayed last Saturday night before unboxing, ever. Especially not from a power perspective. From a power perspective, I mean, maybe they finally mastered the art of cheating. I questioned the raps the very second the camera went off. But you can't tell me he landed the same punches on the same body and the same face of the same man with a drastically different result. And it's because of some bullshit because you don't want to accept that it's possible that a dude who previously cheated tried cheating. I mean, hearing him compared to Ali. He's Muhammad Ali. By multiple people bothered me so much. Because Ali never cheated or tried to cheat. So it disgusts me. Absolutely fucking disgusts me. And it's not just Teddy Atlas who made these statements. I've heard it from multiple people. Well, he's not like a guy from the streets who's got convictions and done this and done that. He's, a, he's been a clean guy from that point of view. He's had a, you know, he's had obviously, as he was younger, a few things uh, he could have done without saying and so forth, but so, so did Muhammad Ali. We should now embrace him for what he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to worry about them street thugs. Next, they'll be calling Michael Bloomberg Malcolm X. <laughs> That's how absurd this is. So before all of this fuck shit gets completely out of control, I'm here. I'm doing an episode. I'm doing an episode. Hate Wilder all you want. But please question what you're seeing. Some people are extremely susceptible to this type of manipulation. And I guess I'm just immune to this bullshit. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. There were too many things off about last Saturday night from Team Fury's side that I found too alarming to give a pass. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The right side of Fury's head was bruised up post-fight, badly bruised up post-fight from the very few shots Wilder actually landed. And he had no reaction. We've always talked about how steroid abuse allowed guys to run through punches and run through walls. We've always talked about that. And just remember, he was grazed in the whatever, whatever round of the first fight. And he went down, grazed. But nothing this time, nothing. Fine, he's Ali. But I never saw Ali strangle a guy in the ring. I never seen Ali trip a guy or whack a guy behind the head like that. I never liked dirty tactics when Hopkins did it or some of the things that Andre Ward would do. And I don't like it now. I don't like it now. And I don't like what I saw Saturday night. I just don't. There's so much more to be said about what we saw last Saturday night. I just don't think the conversation is over on it. And I hope Fury quits before he gets busted. I really hope he quits before he gets busted because I don't want to look any of the clowns who support him in the face and see what kind of bullshit they come up with when we were all yelling and screaming something looked wrong from the very beginning the knockdowns in that fight were of course the inadvertent rabbit punch because Wilder went low and got clipped on the back of the head 
there was a trip that wasn't called a knockdown, which he clearly stuck his foot in there and Wilder was off balance. And a body punch. When he outlanded him and landed the same stuff in the first fight, he had no such luck. The results were different. It's just alarming to me, man. Everybody knows you're the better fighter. You're more skilled. Of course, you're more mentally superior than the guy from Alabama. With every physical gift imaginable. So why resort to this stuff? Why feel like you need to resort to this stuff? If it's an easy fight, why subject the win to any scrutiny at all? I compartmentalize everything. Boxing is just another one of those things. I'm not such a Deontay, big Deontay Wilder fan that this is coming from that place. Vladimir Klitschko notoriously fought in only Germany for years because he didn't want to get tested because he had failed multiple tests. It'd be hard-pressed to find a European fighter who hasn't in the last 30, 40 years failed the test. I think Frank Bruno failed tests. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Joshua failed tests. And it's all because of the, you know, dirty tacos. <laughs> I mean, and for me, at the end of the day, I always listen to fighters and trainers. Not fanboys and groupies. Fighters and trainers. Even after that fight, a lot of fighters and trainers still aren't sold on Fury. He got away with it in fight two. But he won't in fight three. I didn't think he was going to do it, but he that weight that he put on, he used it to his advantage. I mean, that was a very, very smart fight. Would it work again if he did it? Probably not. But he surprised them. You know, it was a shock and all kind of thing. Got away with what, Kelly? That's how his peers and contemporaries feel. He got away with it. Like, real people. Real people who study again. Real people. Without a racial bias. Without a cultural bias. Without picking a side or a fan or a favor. Just objective observers. Think he, who happen to be world championship boxers, think he got away with it. He got away with the, the, the weight gain tactic. No, he got away with the steroid tactic. He got away with the loaded glove tactic because it was a 40-pound weight difference in the first fight and there was no such power present. If he would have won the fight by methodically taking Wilder apart over 12 rounds, stopping him on an accumulation of clean shots the same way without the power, I would say, yo, hats off. But to do it in such a brutal fashion when he's never done that before throughout the course of his career, get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not buying it. The most interesting thing about Tyson Fury to this point was the fact that he won a fight versus Klitschko by feigning and hugging all night long. Some shit John Ruiz would have been proud of. And there's absolutely no debate about the excitement level of that or any of his previous fights. And then Saturday night happens. And those old pillowcases, they were filled up with dynamite. Exactly. The pillows turned into dynamite. 
the pillows turned into dynamite. Everybody has known that he's been a pillow puncher. Everyone, everyone, no one expected to see that. He had given us nothing to believe that was even possible. He'd given us no reason to believe that that was even possible. Prior to that, nothing. And then boom. And those old pillowcases, they were filled up with dynamite. And now... Donald Trump's invited into the White House. You know, he said he watched a fight last night and invited him to the White House. Yep. A hero's welcome at the White House. The WBC um, president told me that the Pope's invited him to see him. So unbelievable. I mean, did Joshua get this type of universal praise after beating Vlad in an all-time great fight and event? Nah, he didn't get that. Did Joshua go and meet the Pope after beating uh, uh, one of the longest reigning heavyweights at his game and standing in front of him in 10 years? Did he, did he get that? Nah, he didn't get that. So again, there were a lot of things that bothered me with this fight. That if this guy was what they want me to believe. He's Muhammad Ali. Should not have happened. I'm now also worried about the possibility of PDs and plaster wraps. Something that I wasn't even thinking about before the events of last Saturday night. No team in boxing is above cheating. Not even a great Aaron Pryor. You don't mix water, Panama. <laughs> Sorry, you just don't mix water. There's nothing to mix water with. All you can have is water in that corner. You don't mix water. What's funny is that this is all justified by the false notion that Fury was cleanly robbed in the first fight. And I'm not so sure he was that far behind after I watched it a second time, to be quiet. Which simply isn't true. Wilder won that fight on points or via knockout or it was a draw. The perception was that Fury, and this is interesting, but Fury was winning because Wilder wasn't able to land. Just on that. There was a lot of that going on, Teddy. Every second Wilder didn't knock Fury out, Fury won. But it really wasn't as one-sided as people think. There are people sucking at strong Irish sausage so hard that they give Fury the first round of the fight in which he only landed one punch. But they could, I can see a way. I can see a way. I can see a way how the judges saw that last. So they would, I can say, I, I don't know. I don't that You have to, you can't judge that minute or you can't judge the second minute. You can't judge the first 50 seconds of the last minute. You, you can't judge that. You just have to judge that. Get the fuck out of here. Boxing is boxing. You judge it minute by minute. The guy who won the most minutes wins the round. But there are people who can't fathom a, a situation or a scenario where Wilder actually won the first round. They give Fury the first round of that fight. And again, he only landed one punch in that round. From my vantage point, Wilder controlled the first four rounds. 
and added two knockdowns to that on my card. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. Oh, Wilder Wilder's for Wilder. Yes. And, and you the, felt like he was winning the first fight before the not before the tw- all the way to the twelve. Yes. So does Bernard Hopkins. So does a lot of other people. The more you research the fight or fighters leading up to the fight week, a week, uh, a fight two, who went back and rewatched that fight, a lot of them are real kind of skeptical about what they saw in that first fight. <laughs> The fourth branch of the government right now is as powerful as it's ever been. Ever. And if you don't know what the fourth branch of the government is, Google it. Right now in the public, the conversation that the public wants to have is about Wilder's costume, which was epic. At the very least, Wilder's going to have a tremendous Halloween costume this year. Like, I would keep that shit. It it would be in my Halloween rotation because that shit was an amazing costume. (laughs) You know, people want to talk about the costume, which was epic, or him firing Mark Breland. You know, that's what people want to talk about. Instead of how Fury got so much stronger and affected and hurt Wilder so fast in this fight. But to the the point of Fury, uh, to to the point of Wilder firing his trainer, I've seen guys with great trainers fire them for much less. It's his money, his choice. So to try and cyber bully him into keeping Mark Breland is fucking terrible to me. It's horrible. The costume excuse was trash and funny. He should have never said it. Just own the loss, but I do believe, I do firmly believe that there's enough legitimate reasonable doubt that can and should be cast on the entire Fury camp after this. Most of it was handed to us by them. Most of it was handed to us by their behavior. Not manufactured. So, I support a rematch. Only if Wilder is going to get as much help as Fury got preparing. Remember, Fury had Freddie Roach and Ricky Hatton in his first corner. And in his second corner, he had the Kronk team and uh, his cousin, whatever that guy's name is. So I support a rematch if Wilder is going to get that kind of support to prepare for the fight for over the next six months. Definitely a new trainer. And a better strategy. Otherwise, the results will be the same. If Mark Breland is in the corner, the results will be even worse next go around. I predict the first round knockout if Mark Breland is still in the corner. I mean, if there's also going to be a rematch, I would demand random drug testing throughout. And ensure that someone is in the locker room during the rap this time if not five people because like again like I said there's enough legitimate reasonable doubt to be cast over the the second fight all of it handed to the public on a silver platter from Team Fury you don't have to reach far to make this shit up they handed it to us I respect Mark Breland as a fighter but 
That doesn't mean he's a great trainer. That does not mean he's a great trainer. That doesn't mean that all great fighters make great trainers or that all great players make great coaches. It doesn't. The new story is that under pressure from people who I believe hate Deontay Wilder and want to see him fail, Wilder is opting to keep Breland in his corner, which is a huge mistake. It's a monumental mistake. He can keep Breland around to do mid work, but not to create strategy or work his corner. It's time for a new voice or several new voices for that matter. But it's also time for Breland to go. That's clear. It's undeniable. It has nothing to do with throwing in the towel. But the haters who are mad because of Deontay Wilder's early fight selection or Deontay Wilder avoiding losses early on by taking a softer route in his career, the haters, they're demanding that Mark Breland stay. Demanding, it's it's absurd that he, he gets rid of Breland. Oh, it's absurd. It's it's absurd. It's 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 absurd. They're demanding Breland stay, not because he deserves it, not because Breland deserves to stay. They want Breland to stay because they don't want to see Wilder at his best. They don't want to see Wilder actually engaged and listening in a corner and executing. Keeping Breland in Deontay Wilder's corner for the people who are demanding it only ensures that Wilder won't get better and that he'll probably get badly hurt in a rematch. And they all know that. They all know that. The fight should have been stopped, and Breland should still be fired based on what I saw, period. Here's one point to really keep in mind. Go back and watch the fight again. In between rounds, a fighter and his trainer should have a conversation about stopping a fight. That conversation usually goes something like, hey, man, you're taking a lot of shots. If you don't show me something, I'm going to stop this. If you don't show me something, I'm going to stop this. If you don't show me something, I'm going to stop this. That conversation should have probably taken place in the fifth round for Wilder when his jaw was broken and blood was coming out of his ear. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty, so we didn't know that blood was coming out of his ear because it was a cut, which I still want to examine that even more, but I'll accept it. So his eardrum wasn't busted, but there was a, a cut. So we don't know that his eardrum wasn't busted at the time that his jaw looked broken and blood was coming out of his ear. And seeing that as a former fighter, witnessing that as a former fighter, you should have had the conversation in the fourth and the fifth round. So for no other reason, Mark Breland should be fired for not having that conversation. And it's sad that people can't logically accept that. 
there was blood coming out of his mouth, his jaw looked broken, and there was blood coming out of his ear. At that point in time, the conversation should have started. Champ, champ, you're not giving me nothing here, champ. That's why Breland deserved to be fired. That's why we're having this conversation. That's unacceptable for people who don't want to see Wilder get better. Here's what excellent corner work sounds like. I'm going to stop the fight. Max, I'm going to stop it. Max, you're getting hit too much. You're getting hit too much, Max. Please, Max, please, let me do this, okay? Okay? Look at me. Please. Please, you're getting hit too much, Max. If I don't, they're going to do it. You understand me? If I don't, the referee's going to do it. Please. That's what good corner work sounds like. I never heard any of that from Breland or anyone in Wilder's corner. So they all need to go. I never heard any of that from any of them ever. And on that point alone, Breland and the rest of those guys should be fired. If it's Wilder's fault and he won't listen, then it's certainly time to change. But the people saying that don't want him to change. The people saying that Wilder won't don't listen. The people saying Wilder don't listen and everything happening to him is because he don't listen. Don't want him to change. How fucking weird is that? They don't really want him to improve. They want their feelings about Deontay Wilder to be validated. I'm a fan of the sport and a supporter of everyone who risked their lives to get in that ring and entertain me. I want to see everyone at their best. But while the haters bitch about his, his fight selection as if Fury had some what of a world beater fight selection prior to his last couple of years, as if Fury was fighting world beaters to this point, which he wasn't, they bitch about his fight selection. They complain about his technical flaws because, you know, all of his technical flaws and the fact that he started late is some somehow responsible for him being unable to do anything in a boxing ring. All he could do is hit that right hand. They don't ever see him move his feet. They don't ever see him move his head. They don't even ever see him shoot on a straight line. They never see any of that. But he's just horrible. All of those very same people are the same ones who are saying, it's wrong for him to get rid of Breland. It's wrong for him to get rid of Breland. Again, against boxing logic against boxing precedence if your trainer cannot command your ear it is time to train to, to to fire your trainer that has always been the deal in boxing that is, i've seen guys fire their fathers but in this case these stupid motherfuckers want to pretend like what they're saying is not personal the fuck out of here but i'm supposed to believe this and this is why all of those people who do YouTube videos or whatever they're doing and they're talking about Wilder, this is why you guys are wrong. This is why you guys are wrong. I don't give a fuck if Wilder ever fights another fight. Man, the guy gave us a good run. He had some really fun fights against bums. So did Mike Tyson. Guess what, guys? We questioned Mike Tyson's resume, too. Mike Tyson fought a bunch of washed-up has who were long past their prime. 
Mike Tyson had the luxury of big names that were past their primes to build his hat on. And then when he got some challenges, he struggled. That's how Cus built Mike. Mike was fighting once a month against tomato cans. I really, in my heart, wish that these these ignorant people wanted to see Deontay Wilder at their best. As I would want to see Tyson Fury in shape and at his best. Not on drugs and not on steroids. And not engaging in extremely suspicious behavior. But they don't. There's so many contradictions in their logic that it just doesn't make sense for the general boxing public or boxing fans. So I wholeheartedly reject the notion that Wilder doesn't listen or is somehow dumb or lazy. That's complete bullshit. I completely dismiss it. Did Mark Breland ever say those things about Deontay Wilder? If so, Breland deserves to be fired for that. But I never heard it from his camp. I never heard it from Breland directly. When Wilder is in with a smaller guy, he fights a solid fight. Behind the jab, blows up the right hand, clean straight right hands, not looping right hands. He throws body shots. He shows solid movement. So this notion that he's such a terrible boxer is wildly exaggerated. I want to make, be very clear about this, though, because a couple times I've probably slipped out and said, oh, he can't box. I think Deontay boxes better than giving credit for, actually. Hey, gee, guys, I totally agree. I totally fucking agree. It's an overstatement. It's one of the biggest overstatements of this current era of boxing. And like everything else in this era, if everyone agrees with it, well, by golly, it must be right. And that's fucking lazy. Stop being lazy. Go watch it for yourself. And don't tell me you watched it and you come back with the same fucking result. Because you can't watch it and come back with the same result. The guy is not the most perfectly Floyd Mayweather-esque boxer. Absolutely not. He has good head movement. He has good body movement. And he uses his legs and athleticism really well. Really well. To Breland's credit. No, he he's not he's not the most most technically proficient boxer. But don't overstate the the looping right hands for being his entire game because it's not. It's not. He's he he's no Antonio Tarver. He he's not you know some elite skilled guy. But what Wilder did was he brilliantly crafted a persona of being wild. Wilder, the wild animal with top five all-time great power. Well played, buddy. It worked. But it also allowed the thought that he's somehow incapable of basic boxing to become such a topic that the myth it's actually greater than the reality. I want to make, be very clear about this, though, because a couple times I've probably slipped out and said, oh, he can't box. I think Deontay boxes better than giving credit for, actually. It really is. 
punchers, when they become power punchers, the first thing they lose is strategy. Every every power puncher loses that. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? I don't have to implore strategy. So if he's at that point where he's not dissecting strategy because he's waiting for that one big punch, then this is an eye-opening experience for him. And this is also an opportunity to bring in some different voices to help him learn how to or help him build a strategy that he will now listen to. I always say people listen when they reach this point, when they have no other reason not to listen. And Wilder's at that point, he he has to listen because we all understand what it looked like in there for him. We understand what happened to him, which I don't think was 100% clean, but it's still a humbling experience. You know, Fury hit Wilder with the greatest body shot ever in the last fight in the history of the world of boxing. Prior to that, Wilder hit him with the strongest body shot I had ever seen in the second round of their of their first fight. With the left hand, mind you, that no one apparently saw. Funny how that works. Funny how that works. So, Wilder exercised the rematch clause, which he should have done. I wholeheartedly agree with it. The notion that in four or five fights, Wilder is going to correct all of these things, all of these things that the true Irish sausage suckers think is wrong with him is fucking dumb. It's fucking dumb. You're not going to teach a guy how to fight against bigger guys in four to five fights. You're not going to teach him how to fight against six foot ten in four to five fights because there aren't many six foot tens for him to fight against. Oh, he's also going to be older. So you want him to take, what, a year or two to sustain some damage against big punchers trying to do what I don't even fucking know and get older. Before a rematch, again, like everything that side says, it just doesn't logically make sense. I strongly, strongly, strongly believe that it's just a ploy to keep him away from Fury. For Fury's sake, I mean, listen, if Wilder is as trash and horrible as these buffoons say that he is, then he should just retire. There's no rebuilding that. Not at this stage in the game. You, you, what, he's been doing it for the last 15, 20 years? He's been doing it, what, since he's been 20 years old? He's been in the rank for 15 years? There's no rebuilding that. I want to make, be very clear about this, though, because a couple times I've probably slipped out and said, oh, he can't box. I think Deontay box is better than giving credit for, actually. Because based on your logic, he would literally be starting from scratch. So keep reeling in the corner, get back in there, get knocked out in the first round to validate what people think and believe about him because they really do don't like him. I've really had shouting matches with people about Deontay Wilder's early schedule and his fight selection and avoiding big match. I've literally had shouting matches with people over that as if it's not the same thing that happened with Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury, Red Rogers, Tyson, or whoever else has come up through the ranks. Happens with all fighters. But somehow it's more deplorable when it's an American heavyweight. 
or pick up a new crew for strategy purposes, a better corner, maybe a voice like Nassim Richardson, bring in Hopkins and Ward and Tyson, and create a strategy that focuses on an extremely violent inside attack. Lots of movement and a combination of smothering shots and making a 300-pound man move. How is that so unfathomable? Why is that so illogical? It's illogical that he even thinks this way. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. If I was there starting this week or after his trip to Africa, I would watch fights like Young Tyson when he was with Cuss because Cuss made him stay low and move a lot and made him slide side to side, which Wilder has the ability to do. I would watch fights like that with Tyson against taller guys because when Tyson, when Cuss passed away and Tyson moved on, he was a straightforward, straight line in front of you guy who moved very little. I don't think he worked as hard. Deontay Wilder wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Tyson Fury doesn't. Tyson Fury wants the money. He's a grandstander. I want the guy holding on to the belt that actually wants the belt. Not the 31-year-old who's talking about retiring after taking an MMA fight or whatever the fuck he's going to do. I want the 35-year-old who wants to hold and control the belts and fight for the next five to six years proudly. But anyhow, I got off topic a little bit, got off track. I would start with fights like that and highlight movement and stand underneath the shots. I mean, he's an athlete. Wilder's an athlete with great legs. I've seen him use his legs very well, so he's capable of it. Every big guy has to learn how to fight big. So many of them fall into the habit of giving up their height because they fight smaller guys more frequently. It's just a fact. This would be the first time in history that I would actually train a big guy to fight small and quick and get underneath punches. You gotta remember, you gotta get up in them. You gotta make them hands tight. Get to your right and get up inside of them. You understand? You gotta get up inside them. You gotta punch him when he's trying to hit you. He's open. He's open. There would be a lot of straight left hands to the stomach and right hooks to the ribs underneath Fury's jab and clinches in the rematch if I was in his corner for the next fight. I'll repeat it. There would be a lot of straight left hands to the stomach. Squaring up, boom, shoot the straight left to the stomach. As soon as that jab comes out, followed up with a right hook to the rib cage and clinch or get out. There would be a lot of low motions. low, So low and so punishing to the body that over time, Fury would have both hands low enough for me to actually shoot shots upstairs, which I wouldn't even shoot the right hand upstairs. I would shoot the left hook. I would always keep the right hand on the body and shoot the left hook and make a move. Clinch, smother his shots, punch out, or jabs upstairs as I box out. 
And then I would keep enough distance with my hands all the way up where he couldn't land a body shot or a clipping shot upstairs. Bouncing back and forth, changing directions, going left, going right. I would make his fat ass work. And every time he decided to drop that right hand to the body, I'd drop a left hand to his mouth, preferably a straight left jab to the mouth and the nose area. Because he's going to catch you sometimes against the rope as you're circling. And he's going to throw that left hand to the body because it hurts you. That's what I would do. I don't think that's teaching Deontay Wilder. Put, teaching him how to get on his bike a little bit is not teaching him how to box. It's teaching him how to fight. And see, cheaters don't want to work or think. And I would force Tyson Fury to do both. I would force him to work and I would force him to think. If he had to think about something other than the right hand, when he actually feels the right hand, he wouldn't be so prepared for it. I would spend six months just working on strategy, initial attack, counterattack, and how to chop a tree with Wilder until the next fight and nothing more. Not how to box because I think Wilder's before getting wild, has solid technique. I want to make, be very clear about this, though, because a couple times I've probably slipped out and said, oh, he can't box. I think Deontay boxes better than giving credit for, actually. I, I wouldn't be working on boxing because I think he has solid technique until he starts throwing wild punches. And, of course, I throw a few dirty tactics in there, but lots of movement, lots of body work, and smothering shots. Very compact, explosive burst. What Ward did against Kovalev would be my approach. What Jennings did against Vlad, that would be my approach. That's not superior boxing. That's just a good old-fashioned street fight. That's all it is. If we lose with that strategy on an even playing field, gloves tested, no PEDs, no otherworldly newfound power, I'll accept it. That's fine. I'll totally accept it. Deontay Wilder always looks good when he's fighting smaller guys. Everyone struggles against bigger guys. Everyone does. <laughs> Floyd never fought Paul Williams. Floyd never fought Antonio Margarito. <laughs> People don't want to give that up. And, and, and maybe... Deontay has always struggled with taller guys because on his come up, he didn't have many tall guys around him. Maybe he didn't get many rounds with guys his size. So this is a chance for him to be the greatest version of a smaller fighter that any big guy has ever dreamed of being. And I think it could work. He doesn't need to learn how to box. He needs to learn how to execute a strategy and fight. He needs Andre Ward to teach him how to do that. And he, he needs to fight as if his life depends on it. Because Furious is so great and so powerful that it actually does. Hey, guys, that's all the time I got for today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into the show. If, if you're hearing me, you know how to find me. You don't need a reminder. Um, happy Black History Month to my people. 
keep those black habits going. I'm out. Daddy, you a genius. Every day God is born. He finds himself in human form. He denies himself to find true wealth within. In his tribe, his health is prized possession. Sin is diverting from the rugged path that leads to the truth that he is I and I am we. Super. Good. Inglewood. Purple rain falling down on the prince of the coast where the sun shine all year round. Purple haze over landscape, still I hydrate in the lunch line with the smog and clouds. What? Start me out. Uh. This song's in the key of life, and love is in need of more. Young nigga from Inglewood, barefoot on the cedar floor. If black music is the blood, then my heart has been beating more. Rapidly, happily, I look back on a Feeney Shakur. Her son paved the way. Now all eyes on me Cause I'm young, black, and gifted Nina, all eyes gon' see If you swung back when faced with a challenge That's meant to break you and balance scales You ain't average, now throw your hands on three Gon' put them up for black, black magic. magic Black excellence Black habits This black medicine Everything black Black chucks, black chucks, everything Everything black Black hug, black love, everything Praise black Jesus Play black Moses Give them flowers while they still here, black roses Everything black Black child, black ride, everything Everything black Black pride, black lives, everything Skin noir, friends noir, here you are, black Everything you need, better believe you are that Skin noir, friends noir, here you are, black Every Every time they hear this, they gon' say he made an anthem Life ain't a panda, shit ain't black and white, it's a canvas Spike Lee, your dreams, and Bruce Lee, your tantrums Two, three, that bullshit, and go Michael Jordan, go Samson Knock down the walls around me, strong and dark and so handsome uh, Everything around me is shining dark and the time is divine I found a spark when the clouds leak and the rain fall and I found peace I'm black as the concrete, black as the street, this line with the palm tree I'm black as the night sky when you broken your radio bacon just don't meet Black as the bottom of Chuck Taylor's, black on some fuck haters Black as the burnt rubber hitting donuts in front of the store with two months later They got stopped in the cops, find a black burner underneath the seat on some Nat Turner Black as the judge roll when the case closed, now your life on the back burner Black magic, black magic, black excellence, black, excellence. black habits, black habits, black medicine Yeah Everything black chucks, black chucks, everything. Everything black hug, black love, everything. Praise black Jesus, yeah. Play black Moses, give them flowers while they still give black roses. Everything black child, black pride, everything. Everything black pride, black lives, everything. Skin noir, friends noir, here you are, black. Everything you need, better believe you are that. Skin noir, friends noir, here you are, black. Everything you need, better believe you are that, yeah. Mira negritos, puro amor pa' mis morenitos. Hice un giro, cambiando idioma. Huele palomas encima de roller coaster, cae cerca de la playa, ocean view. Black of the berry, the sweet of the juice, we dance in the soca too. Only fuck with few real niggas to chill with us, build with us, to deal with us. Never pull the trigger aiming at another man, but real hitters still pick up the phone. 
ain't on this mission alone. Used to dream of really stacking my funds. Now my windows just as black as my gun. I feel divine. It came on time. God never changes, ain't gon' lie. I lost faith and cried, then my faith revived. And as soon as I let go and surrendered to him my talents, this young king took off like go go gadget. There go that black, black magic. magic. Black excellence, black habits, this black medicine, everything black. Black chucks, black chucks, everything. Everything black. Black hug, black love, everything. Praise black Jesus, play black Moses. Give them flowers while they still give black roses. Everything black. Black child, black ride, everything. Everything black. Black pride, black lives, everything. Black.